Okay, so we've heard that the Holy Spirit is for all people and for all, for, for all time, that we live in the age of the Spirit. But now we're going to ask the question, what does the Holy Spirit actually do when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us? And uh, we're going to start off by turning to, um, we won't be turning to quite so many Bible passages you'll be pleased to hear in this session, um, we're going to, but we'll turn back a bit to John's Gospel, um, to John chapter 3, so I'll tell you what the page number is, 1065, okay, and I'm just going, to, it's, it's chapter 3, Jesus teaches Nicodemus, but I'm going to read from verse 3. Um, the, the background is Nicodemus is a, is, a, is a very devout religious Jew and he <clears throat> obviously has some questions for Jesus because he perhaps wants some clarify, clarity on who Jesus is. And so he comes to Jesus at, at night one day and, and, and asks him some questions. And Jesus replies, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, the, the term born again is a bit of a cliche, or it has been used in, in a sense as a bit of a cliche. And, and, and some people associate that with, they might say, oh, happy, clappy churches or something like that. Um, but actually, as you can see, Jesus was the person who first used the phrase. Um, and, um, and he says... No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And so what does he mean? Well, really what he means is that just as when a man and a woman come together in, in physical union, in sexual union, then the result can be a new birth, a, a child. When the Spirit of God comes together with the spirit of a person, there is a spiritual birth. Um, and so we, and we are born spiritually. And that's, that's what it means, born again born spiritually. Being born physically, says Jesus, is not enough. We need to be born again of the Spirit. And when we're born of the Spirit, we're born into a family, God's family. And the first thing that the Spirit does is to make us children of God, sons and daughters of God. We won't turn there now, but uh, John chapter 1 verse 12 says, to all who received him, he gave the right to be children of God. And there's a passage in, in the book of Romans we're going to turn to now. It's on page 1135, and we're going to stay there for most of the rest of, the, of this session. Um, it's Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. So it begins at the very top of 1135. And uh, this is going to explain to us what it means for, to, to be born again, uh, to have the Spirit living in us. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. 
the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So the first thing, there's many things we can draw out of that, but the first thing is that we can see is that to be a child of God is the highest privilege. Some people struggle and strain all their lives for title or position, but there's no higher privilege, if you think about it, than being an adopted son or daughter of God. I heard a funny story about a child who was playing in the playground and being teased because they were adopted. And quick as a flash, the child turned round to the others and responded, well, my parents chose me, yours just got lumbered with you. It's quite a good point, really, isn't it? The second thing, so it's, a, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's the highest privilege to be a son or daughter of God. The second thing, the Spirit brings a close, intimate relationship with God. We all want closeness in relationships, and you can't get closer than this. In verse 15, you'll see that the word that is used here is Abba, Father. And Abba, is, it's left in the Aramaic because um, it's not really translatable, but the nearest translation is sort of something like Daddy. Um, so the early Christians were were taught to call God something, something like Daddy. Perhaps it's not quite as childish as that, but it's, it's, it's that intimate. And that's how we're to relate to God. Um, but how can we be so close? How can we be that intimate to the God who created the whole universe? How can we be that close? You know, it's interesting. Prince Charles has, um, he has many titles. Here's some of them. He's the Royal Highness, Prince of Wales. He's the Duke of Cornwall. He's the Knight of the Garter. He's Colonel-in-Chief of the Royal Regiment of Wales. He's the Duke of Rothesay, the Knight of the Thistle, Commander of the Royal Navy, Great Master of the Order of Bath, Earl of Chester, Earl of Carrick, Baron of Renfrew, Lord of the Isles, Great Steward of Scotland. But to William and Harry, I think he's dad, isn't he? And that's how it is. It's a bit like that with us and God. God is awesome. He's the creator of the universe, and yet we can come to him just like that and say, Abba, Father. And so the Spirit brings us into a close, intimate relationship with God. The third thing the Holy Spirit brings us is a deep experience of God. And, I mean, I'll I'll never forget the first time that I experienced the presence of God very strongly. And it was in, and some of you have heard me talk about it, it was when I was, uh, it was before I, I had faith, I was on a business trip to South Africa and I went to stay with a friend in Johannesburg who invited me up to his um, cottage in the, in the Waterberg Mountains. And on the Sunday morning, he invited me to go along with him to this little church, little thatch roof church in the bush. And, um, and I went along there thinking, well, you know, I'll, it's the polite thing to do to go and keep him company at church. And, um, you know, it'll soon be lunch. We can go and have a nice lunch afterwards. And in that little church... It's, I'll never know why, but in that moment, in that little church, God's Spirit powerfully came upon me, and, and, and I was overwhelmed 
by the sense of the presence of God. Amazing feeling of, of love and joy and peace. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that, I, that, that God would, had, had come into my life. And um, the overriding experience that I had, the, feeling I, the biggest feeling I had more than anything else was that God was my father and I was his son and that I was being, it was like I was being welcomed back into the family where I had always meant to have been. Um, I hadn't, I'd, I'd been on a bit of a, a stray journey, but, but it was like being welcomed back into the family where I was always meant to be. And I, I just had a sense that my, I knew my future was secure. I didn't, that doesn't mean I, I thought nothing bad would ever happen to me, but I just knew that God was with me. And, um, and so he, the, the Holy Spirit brings us a deep experience of God. And, and then he helps us to develop that relationship with God. Um, the Spirit helps us to pray. In, um, in, in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, I won't get you to turn there now, but the Bible tells us that we have access to God through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit encourages us to pray. And um, sometimes the world gets us down. Things happen um, that we can't prevent and, and things get on top of us. And before I, be- I came to faith, all I could do was to kind of grin and bear it and hope I could get through it. But now I will often feel the Holy Spirit drawing me to, to pray. And when I pray, things always look better, get better. And, and the peace the Spirit brings is a wonderful thing. This, the, the Spirit makes large problems seem like small ones, and small ones tend to disappear. So the Spirit helps us develop our relationship um, with God, and next he also brings a kind of, in some ways, family likeness. Now please don't be alarmed, we're not all turned into clones the moment we we come to faith, Um, but we do change. Um, And uh, how do we change? Well, if you keep your finger in, 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 in where we are at the moment, but if you just turn on to um, a few pages on to page 1172, we come to, uh, yeah, 1172 in Paul's letter to the Galatian church. It talks about life by the Spirit. And if you go down to verse 22, you'll see that Paul lists what he calls the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is, in other words, the effect of the Holy Spirit living in us. And he, what he writes is this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And um, that's, so if, if we're filled with the Spirit, that's what will happen to us. We'll become more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more forbearing, more kind, more good, and so on. Who, who wouldn't want to change like that? And I know that, from my own experience, I know that um, in, in some ways I did change like that. I mean, I, one, of the, one of my um, bad habits um, years and years ago was that I used, to get, I used to get a bit of road rage, to be honest. I used to get really angry with other drivers if they didn't behave on the road the way I thought they should. And um, I didn't ever get out and try to hit someone, but... But, um, but I would get angry and I would hoot my horn and I would gesticulate out of the window and, and, uh, and, and so on. And, um, and you know, after, I, after I came to faith and the Holy Spirit came to live in me, I just didn't find the need to do that anymore. Um, and uh, so I suppose in that sense I became um, a bit more loving uh, 
a bit more kind-hearted. But um, the Spirit also brings um, unity. The same Spirit is in every Christian. The Holy Spirit is in every Christian, no matter what our background is, nationality, denomination. And believe it or not, I think the church is becoming more united. Uh, I know we read an awful lot in the newspapers about, um, about splits over women bishops and this, that and the other. But actually, on the ground, in local churches, churches are working together and denominations are working together like they never have before. Um, we, th- we, we love working with the URC, with the, with the mission um, down the road. Um, every Wednesday morning, I attend a prayer meeting at 8 o'clock um, in the middle of Reading with 35 other church leaders, from all from, from, not all from different denominations, but many from different denominations, Baptists, Pentecostals, Anglicans, Methodists, um, um, Catholics, um, all different denominations. And that never used to happen. 10, 20 years ago. Just, just, you just wouldn't have found it. And actually, Alpha's been quite a strong... The Alpha course itself has been quite a, a force for unity um, in that almost every denomination of Christian faith runs Alpha courses. And I think the church on the ground is becoming a lot more um, united and the, that's the spirit bringing unity. The spirit also brings gifts um, to believers. Um, so although we, are, although we are becoming more united, the family is made up of unique individuals and uh, we all have different gifts. So would you turn to um, page 1153? It's just on about 10 or so, page, 20 pages. 1153. Um, and we'll have a quick look at this. And we're, we're in chapter 12 and um, we're going to look at verses 7 to 11. Now, to, to, and, and again, this is, uh, this is, again, the Apostle Paul. He's explaining to um, the early church um, about the way God gives people gifts. Now, to each, one of them, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And in fact, there are many other, there are many more gifts that are listed in other passages, um, including the gifts of service, teaching, encouragement, leadership, showing mercy, being an evangelist, pastoring, speaking, and so on. There's an endless variety of gifts. There, and, and, and even natural gifts can be, um, if you like, inspired by the Holy Spirit and become um, powerful spiritual gifts. There's an endless variety. They come from God, and some demonstrate the more unusual aspects of God, such as prophecy or miraculous healing um, or speaking in tongues. But many are natural gifts which can be transformed by the Holy Spirit, just as we looked at Bezalel earlier, who was an artist, and we thought about Bach and Handel and so on. Those are natural gifts inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the main point of that passage is to say that Everyone is given gifts, and we're all different. And, um, and we need to find our gifts and use them for the common good. That's what they're given. They're not given so that we can become um, uh, 
virtuosos or celebrities or all the rest of it. They're given so that for the common good to help others, in other words. And finally, the Holy Spirit brings, uh, encourages a growing family. It's natural, isn't it, for families to grow. And Jesus said that when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. And so he gives us power to, if you like, to, he inspires us to tell others the good news about Jesus. Now that thought terrifies some people. Um, I remember um, going back to my moment in, in that little church in Africa. I remember walking out of that church absolutely knowing I'd m- met with God in, in there. And, um, and then all of a sudden being hit by this thought which hit me like a sledgehammer. Oh no, how am I ever going to tell Kirsty about this? Or my children or my friends. They'll, they'll think I've gone completely nuts. You know, they'll, they'll think I've gone soft in the head. But actually, in the end, God, God's Spirit did give me the power to overcome my fears. I think it was about eight days after I got home. I was driving um, uh, down the um, A4 to Bath with Kirsty on a weekend trip. And I finally turned to her and said, you know, when I was in Africa, you know, last week, um, and she said, yes. I said, well, something happened. And I told her about the experience in the church. And, uh, and she said straight back, she said, I knew something had happened. She said, you haven't been the same since. <laughs> I'm not sure whether that was a good thing. Or that, but but uh, that's what she said. So to summarize, as we come to the end of this session, every Christian, in other words, every person who has opened that door to Jesus. Remember the picture of Jesus knocking on the door of our lives. Every person who's opened that door to Jesus has the Holy Spirit living in them. But interestingly, not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference. In Ephesians, Paul writes this. He says, be filled with the Spirit, which is almost a, it's a, it's, it's a, an instruction that's very active um, very purposeful. Be filled with the Spirit. But what does, that, what does that mean? How does that happen? Well, we started, didn't we, um, today, right in Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to finish this particular session right in the very last book of the Bible, in Revelation, and in the last chapter as well, Revelation 22. Because it's on, pa- sorry, page 1250, and, uh, it, and we're going to look at, just look at verse 17. This is um, an invitation if you like, and it's given by the Spirit and by Jesus Christ and his church. And, um, and it says this, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take the free... And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. That's the offer, really. The offer is... Come and receive. Come and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Take that free gift of the water of life. That, that water of life is a, is a term that's used often in the New Testament for meaning the Holy Spirit. Come and take that free gift of the Holy Spirit. And some of you here this morning might be thinking, oh yeah, I, I really would like, I'd, I'd like to do that. I'm thirsty for the Holy Spirit. And if that's you, that's great, that's wonderful. And you can receive the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're thinking, 
Well, I don't know about that. I'm not sure I'm quite in that position. Um, And that's fine. God takes us just where we are. And we need to be honest with God. And if that's you, then I'd encourage you to say to God, well, Lord, I I don't really feel ready yet, but would you please give me that thirst um, for your spirit? And if you do, he will. So I'm going to finish now with a prayer. And then we're going to have a, a time in groups discussing a bit of what we've, uh, what we've talked about. And, um, and after that, we'll have our tea and coffee. So let me just finish with a prayer. Father, we thank you for all the wonderful things that your Holy Spirit brings to our lives. And Lord, we pray for each one of us here. Some of us thirst for more of your Spirit. And we pray that you will come and satisfy that thirst. Perhaps some of us feel that we're not quite in that place. And Lord, I pray that you would give to all of us a thirst and then come and satisfy it with your free gift of the water of life, your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.